Report. Everything's status quo, sir. Very well. If um, anyone needs me, I'll be in my ready room. Longest-running Star Trek: The Next Generation rewatch podcast. Every week, we're rewatching an episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation and recapping the stories and behind-the-scenes lore that made that magic happen. My name is Mitchell Mills, Chief Consultant of Services at Paramount, and with me is my life partner Brandon Hobbs, ex-head of Resources Management. Brandon, how are we today? Oh, Mitch, didn't hear you come in. Well, you know, I've been here well. for uh, eight, nine hours. I always like to sleep in the studio the day before. Right, right. Kind of get used to it again. Right. It I it allows me to train my voice to the acoustics of the room cuz you know I'm Which is yeah, important, yeah. <laughs> I'm well versed in in throwing my voice, but you really need to um have that prep time. If you notice with ventriloquists, um they never perform in a novel arena without a solid day or two of prep. You can't just bring a ventriloquist into the room and say, do your bat, do your bit, do your act. Um, right. They need time. The, the, the thing people don't realize is that your voice is like a boomerang. Exactly. After you've thrown it, you need to catch it again. And that's... And, uh, that's really what takes all the training. Right, because you get acclimated to the distance of the walls, the, the spatial uh, you know, vectors of the room. It's a whole thing. And if you want to record a successful podcast, it's comes part and parcel with that as well. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, and this podcast is successful. Indeed it is. Uh, you can tell by the, the the numbers it pulls every week. Mm-hmm. Um, Not it, the YouTube numbers, mind you. No, 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 but the Spotify numbers. It's Spotify do, numbers. It's doing Morbius numbers right now. It is. It is, actually. Um, <clears throat> I have a bit of a bone to pick. Um... With this, with this magazine I'm reading right now? Well, if I um, didn't know you were old in other ways, <laughs> I knew it because you're reading a magazine. Well, it's it's a magazine called Retro Gamer. Okay. Subscribe to it. Because, you know, you and I, we're kind of retro gamers. You know, we yeah. used to game back in the day. And um, I think it's quarterly. And within the past five four cents. issues... Within the past four issues, the headlining article has been about the fucking ZX Spectrum. Is this, and is this like one of those all-in-one machines? No, 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 no. The, the ZX Spectrum came out, and you'd be forgiven for not knowing this, because it came out back in the, in the I want to say the 80s, the late 80s, but it was only big in the UK. And what do you know? This this magazine is is a UK based operation, and these these old fat UK guys are constantly going on and on about my specy, my, my ZX Spectrum. Okay. And the thing about the ZX Spectrum is, is it's just filled with ports of of shitty ports of games that are better on literally anything else, such as like Bubble Bobble. I always played as Bobble. Yeah, I was a bubble guy. I know. 
But yeah, I'm 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 a little fed up with hearing about the ZX Spectrum. So any any British fans, feel free to stop listening and fuck yourself. Now, as a retro gamer, do you dress yourself in a graphic tee, tucked into your jeans that perfectly mm-hmm. envelops your ever expanding gut? <laughs> My gut, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it says it says danger, uh, erection loading. I know you love that shirt. Uh, I always, I gifted you the one that said um, "In Search of Player 2, but you never seem to wear it. Well, I've already found my Player Two. Oh, we were courting at the time when uh, <laughs> when I gifted you that. <laughs> Let's not forget my my second favorite graphic tee. Uh, Welcome to Idiotville, Population U. On this, uh, this, this right, but old wooden signpost. I um, I re- <clears throat> I remember at the time when you bought that, you were in a real anti-sheep phase, and I guess you still maintain that. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, so as to call them all idiots. Right, right, certainly. <laughs> oh Lord, you oh. have a storied history with graphic tees. I do. Um, here's th- I. Everyone has a cause in their life. Something that they stand up, you know, for or against. Mm. They say, and I this might have been on a graphic tee, that if one doesn't stand for something, one would fall for anything. <laughs> and um, falling for anything is just about the only way I could have fallen for you. But what I stood <laughs> for in this case is that graphic tees are um, not not okay. I remember watching a stream, various streams, any stream where it's like a a nerd thing, even at the conventions yeah, sure. that we've been to, you just right. look and it's just a bunch of middle-aged men in graphic tees, which yeah, is it's and disturbing. A, it's an evocative image and you can talk about, you can go further and talk about the, the jeans and the sketchers, but you don't need to because just by saying middle-aged men in graphic tees, you can piece together the rest of the uh of the ensemble in your mind's eye well i mean you know maybe it all really starts from the genes because these these guys are genetic dead ends that's true that's true and uh but if they're genetic dead ends how is this propagated so much you you would think it would have died (laughs) they they all hook up with each other um do they produce um via you know molestation similar to gays (laughs) No, they 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 sprout off of each other. They start off as like little little bulbous uh, boils on on their arms, and kind of just separate themselves after a few months. Then they pop off and start search start being in search of wood grain electronics, and uh... <laughs> <laughs> they, they start going to the Star Trek Reddit. <laughs> how about uh, how about how about cargo shorts that are too long for you? I mean, you could have said how about cargo shorts in general. Yeah, I mean, unless you're a photographer, those are pretty untenable. But yeah, sure. Certainly, when they're ill-sized, they're even worse. <laughs> they they basically like they basically turn into capris. <laughs> <laughs> Just like parachute pants capris, because they're so what, wide. What could they possibly be carrying around in those things? 
you know, fucking bag of nerds. Um, have you ever seen somebody go into action mode with their cargo pants cutoffs? Action mode? Yeah, I mean, so you have cargo pants that are cutoffs. They, you can unzip them at the knee and they become shorts. Action mode is when you, oh, Christ. When, you when they cut off and they go into shorts mode. Because presumably... I, I forgot about that. That was a thing for a while, wasn't yeah, it? Presumably people wear these so that they can transition into action mode <laughs> at a moment's notice. You know, so they, oh right. my god, I, I have to jet. The, these, are, these pant legs are going to slow me down. Action <laughs> mode. <laughs> just imagining just a fat guy with Down syndrome <laughs> on, the, on the middle of the sidewalk, suddenly deciding he has to run the opposite direction. He unzips his... His, his pant legs and waddles away. That <laughs> leaves them behind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. What is the, um... If you had to pick... And we might have already discussed it. Maybe your, your, your choice here, but... Um, if you had to choose one thing to be the least fashionable item, what, do you, what would it be? Um... Oof. I don't... I never really thought about that. Let me let me throw my um, contender in the ring, cowboy hat. Okay. Ooh, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to beat that. But you could pull it off. So, like, if you're an old guy, you can pull it off. Um, and let's just say that you're using the um, the median guy for all this, because obviously somebody okay. who's attractive can pull off a lot more things than somebody sure, who's not. Sure. But let's and All let's right. and somebody who's ugly can't really pull off anything. So let's just say the the median guy. All right, polo shirt. Hmm, polo shirt is not good, but it is too inoffensive for me to give it to the polo shirt, right? It's just it looks like a t-shirt, a plain t-shirt in a lot of ways. And while that's not great, it's also not so glaring. The thing that bothers me about the polo shirt is that the back is often longer than the front. Yeah. The way Which... shirts are cut is very, very... I'm sure there's a rhyme and a reason to it, but from the outside of a non-designer, I'm just looking at shirts on the on the, on the the racks, and it's like, all right, this one has this weird U-dip. This one is cut <laughs> asymmetrically from the front and the back. <laughs> yeah, well, so many of them are made for, like, uh, obese men who are five foot six. You know, our average viewer. Right. Now, do you think... Dude, rather, do you know the key difference between men's shirts and women's shirts? The key difference? The key difference. For example, if I were to hand you a, a shirt, how could you instantly identify if it was made for a man to wear or a woman to wear? Well, for one thing, I would be able to identify it, but let me think about how... There's got to be something to do with the chest area and the um the 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 waist, right? There's an even I mean, there, easier one because you could probably suss that out if you like, you know, spread the shirt around, maybe tried wearing it and got a sense for its proportions. But there's an <laughs> instant tell that uh, placement of the tag. I don't know about that. That might be true. But what I'm thinking of is the buttons. The buttons on a men's shirt are on the right side, and they. Oh, go... you didn't say they were they were buttoned. It's a shirt. You didn't say it was a buttoned shirt. I thought you were talking about like a like a just a what, like a t-shirt, like a 
like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer tier. Well, sure. If, if it's if it's top. a if it's a crop top, you can probably discern that it was made for a woman. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the zipper's the same way. Is it? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I guess that tracks, but which I mean. Unless, it, but it's the opposite over there in, in over in Japan, right? No, it's it's the same. Uh, well, no, it's well, not. The buttons on a men's shirt are on the right, correct? In the U.S. So the, I, I think so. The yes. Then we'll do the yeah, same. Yeah, the sure. same here. Okay. Well, the the zipper's different then over over in Japan. You a zipperologist now? Yeah, the zipper. Because I also have shirts from China, and and the zipper is on on the opposite side too. Why do you own Chinese shirts? Are they the ones that you know have that you know Oriental design with like the? They just call it China. Oh no, I do, I do, I do have those, but they're not from China. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, they probably are, but they're are not. They're from Ohio. <laughs> no, I, I own, I own a few track suits from China. You couldn't go to Russia for that. Yeah, you know what? Maybe, maybe I, uh, maybe I should. Well, then maybe again, I, some... I know we don't support the war here. Right, right, right. We, we don't. You know, we we have the Ukrainian flag in the um, the Ready Your Room Twitter. Right. Uh, name. Blue color, yellow color. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're we're doing our part. Yeah. Now I I'm an old man. I'm old. I. Cannot stop saying the Ukraine, mm-hmm. and it makes me feel like an absolute abject retard. Well, I mean, there's that, and then there's also Kiev. Oh, I'm not privy to this one. Oh, yeah. So Kiev is how you say the capital city of Ukraine in Russian, apparently. Okay. Now people are saying, and I guess you'd be excused for not knowing this because this is kind of an American media thing. Now, like on CNN or whatever, people are making a, a concerted effort to say Kiev, which is how you pronounce it on the Ukrainian side, which is, to me, I just find this pathetic. Yeah, I mean... It's like, who cares? On one hand, I, I'm for pronouncing these things correctly, you know, uh, saying things like um, Iran, Iraq. Yeah, I mean, that is that is shitty. People saying Saki, but mm. it's... Unless we're talking about Saki's cookie. Right, right. But when it's motivated just by uh, self-righteousness rather than it just being correct is when it's somewhat insufferable, mm-hmm. you know? And that's the, that's the thing about, like, uh, uh, American politics and kind of society at large these days, societal issues. Yeah, watch out, everyone. Um... He's talking about society. One, one side, and, and you know which side it is, is uh, so perfect at gaslighting or attempting to gaslight the other side into making them believe or themselves believe that it's that it's difficult to discern when someone is being disingenuous about their their kind of um, uh, what, what do you call it? Uh, uh, I mean, self-righteousness, basically. Right. Hmm. It, it's easy to tell when someone is being that. It's it's like it's it's clear as day. You you'd have to be a terrible judge of character to not be able to tell that. And I guess there's just a lot of bad judges of character. Well, people are um I'm trying to take a charitable read on this. People are um well-meaning to a, to a fault. Mm-hmm. Where any kind of 
ulterior motive is just so far beyond their yeah it's not their their recognition it's it's right. it's why the idea of virtue virtue signaling as a concept has such a yeah. big pushback against it now of course the people who often use that term are also pretty retarded <laughs> but yeah. at the same time for people to act like it's a completely alien thing that couldn't possibly occur that somebody could uh say something they don't mean just to curry favor right is uh naive and i i, I think people's well-meaningness makes them a bit naive to the, to the mm -hmm. level that they exhibit it yeah it's it's just it's terribly annoying um and you know to add on to that you know i i bet there's people listening to this right now who think we actually want to do a star trek podcast right and god knows this week that uh that effort was tested <laughs> and it wasn't our love of the craft that pulled us through <laughs> no it was our love of um of majel and um and uh, marina truly didn't even get that out with uh without <laughs> sounding flat I, I almost threw up while i was saying it well, we you know we had those buckets on hand on set in this episode. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, yeah, don't want to get into that too too quickly here. Um, right. I there's an important topic that we need to cover following this week. Um, why'd you shoot up that school? Yeah, look, you ever have a just a really bad day? Yes. Say no more. I understand completely. <laughs> um. Yeah, apparently, I don't know how much you've read about this, but there were, like, what, FBI operatives urging him to go shoot up that school? I haven't read about this. <laughs> that's that's what I've seen. Is this a real thing? Is this a poll and thing? Not, not on poll. I didn't read this. On, I, don't, I don't go to poll, usually. No, I've seen this on Twitter, even, like, liberal Twitter, so. All I've seen is, I guess, the more popular narratives um, about how cops didn't enter the school. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was that, too. Because they were afraid of getting shot, which is <laughs> hilarious. I mean... <laughs> I, I mean, like, darkly hilarious, yes. But hilarious ju nonetheless. Judge not, lest thee be judged. You know, I <laughs> I don't want to get shot. No. They don't want to get no. shot. It's, it's human nature to not want to get shot. Those kids right, didn't right, want right. to get shot, certainly. <laughs> It's 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 human nature to sacrifice a couple of kids so you get to go home and beat your wife again. Hell yeah! It, one of the funniest <laughs> statistics I've ever seen was that um, the rate at which cops beat their wives is the same rate at which transgendered people kill themselves. <laughs> oh no! Both of them were like forty-one percent. Right, right. <laughs> and this led to something very funny where um. What was it? Whenever somebody would use that statistic about cops, people would engage with them in bad faith and be like, "What? You, what do you? You can't say this about transgendered people. You can't quote this statistic." Oh my god! Oh my god! You know what? Um, <clears throat> you know what Car Carl Jung called this? Uh, the collective unconscious. Close synchronicity. Ah, you know, which is also the name of not one. But two police songs. 
Are they the same song? No, they're actually very, very different. Perhaps Whoa. lending to the, the idea of synchronicity that these two songs oh, perhaps. have no nothing in common, but perhaps they do. <laughs> these songs are different, but maybe not. They were both released as singles, and Synchronicity 2 is one of the, the better police songs. Mm. So it's I'm got, sure I've heard them, then. It's about the Loch Ness Monster, and also a really? guy who hates his family. And those two events have share synchronicity. <laughs> the uh, I used to, I used to be obsessed with the Loch Ness monster as a kid. Nessie, oh, have mm. I told you my Nessie joke? <laughs> Probably, but let's hear it. What do you call enthusiasm for the Loch Ness monster? What do you call it? Nessie no Nessie. Yep, yep, you did tell me that. <laughs> Awful, I hate you. <laughs> but as a kid, you had... I had, Neshin yeah, Neshin. Neshin Neshin. Mm-hmm. Um, how, do you, how do you feel about that? Well, I'm, I'm sad that... that uh, I never called it Nessie. I thought it was kind of, you know... I'm not going to say the word. But... Well, <clears throat> You know, it's kind of like being on the first name basis with a celebrity. Yeah, or like having a cute nickname for your male coworker or something. Right, um, right. Now, I've never worked in a post office, but I can imagine how awkward that would be. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I always call it the Loch Ness Monster. I, uh, you know, like any kid, I was into dinosaurs and stuff. So Now, let me ask you this. Do you ever refer to the Loch Ness? Yes, yes, I do. Which, to me, the way the phrasing and the intonation is always just... Maybe it's because I'm so conditioned to hearing Loch Ness Monster, which has the the, the emphasis mm -hmm. on the monster. Whereas if you just say the Loch Ness, where it has the emphasis on the Ness... Instead of saying the Loch Ness. Right. Or, or that lake. Ness. Well, it's like saying the Ukraine. Yeah, oh my god. Now, what if the Loch Ness was in the Ukraine? Yeah, then, then we'd have double the issue here. <laughs> well, double I, trouble. I like to think that Nessie would go to bat for the Ukrainian people. Nessie would be on the side of justice. <laughs> oh, uh, certainly, certainly. It was, is Nessie a woman? Um. Well, let's let's look at the evidence here. Um, very mysterious. Shows up only when it deigns to. Um, has a long neck. Pretty womanly. Lives underwater. Lives underwater. Um, is a large man-eating monster. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, you know she she she's firmly on the side of justice. I agree. Um, and you know what? We we should we should make T-shirts of of Nessie. Like there's there's like. Oh uh, uh, no! I got it! I got it! Okay, so. Um, it's Nessie, it's a, it's Nessie in silhouette emerging from the water mm -hmm. and the water is blue and the sunset behind Nessie is like Ooh, a yellow. That's um, good. Yeah. Now I don't know what order the colors are in. We can flip the whole image vertically if blue's on the top. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> but, uh. All right. Here's, here's my idea. I was thinking, okay, it's a, it's a, it's obviously a graphic tee. 
Um, of course. There, there are, you know, several flanks of soldiers on opposite sides of, uh, like, opposite extremes of the T. You know, one Russian, uh, one, one set of Ukrainian soldiers. And on the side of the Ukrainian soldiers, there's kind of just, like, Nessie kind of lording over them and screaming at the, the Russian soldiers. And okay. um, I, guess, I guess on the Russian side, there's, like, the nostalgia critic or something, like, pointing and <laughs> screaming at, at Right, it's got to be a counterpart to Nessie. Right, right. Yeah, that works. That works. Um, maybe it could be a um, a line of Russian infantry kind of standing in formation with their guns, and Nessie is kind of waddling by, putting flowers inside of the gun barrels as a peace offering. <laughs> in the corner, it's just Ben Garrison's signature. <laughs> It, 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 uh, Nessie is labeled with just big Ness. <laughs> Alright, let's let's go the level deeper. Um you ever play Earthbound? <laughs> Don't start. <laughs> I um hold on. Uh, Sorry, I have a I have a bit of a cough today, so I keep muting myself. Um mm. you know, for the convenience of the viewer. I always consider um, you immutable. Never trying changing. to wrap my head around the uh, the implications of that, but um, <clears throat> you you remember Super Smash Brothers Melee? Melee, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Um, or or melee, as some might 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 say, melee or melee, yeah, yeah, like melee, like Bruce Lee. Oh, that's um, that's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't. That's that unlocked a a elementary school biology part of my mind that has has been sequestered away for decades. What has that uh, reference to the worms? Oh, <laughs> I didn't realize that would that would tickle you so much. Oh, it hit the spot just right. <laughs> um. Where was I going? Yeah, um, you you remember, um, you know, you play it with friends, right? Obviously, and um, one of you would pick Pikachu, and then the the other person would very quickly pick Ness. This is not this is not my memory banks. So it goes penis. <laughs> Never did this. Really? Oh, well, yeah. you got something to go back to. Yeah, I'll just, you got a I'll, to I'll play just, melee again. I'll just do it by myself. One controller in each hand, trying to get the perfect. I, I, penis. I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I used to do that obsessively. <laughs> I would plug in a. I would go to, to play by myself, plug in a second controller, and spend, I don't know, five or ten minutes just trying to get the perfect penis. See, I always heard that if you got the perfect penis ten times in a row, then you would get a Sonic encounter and you could fight him to unlock him. <laughs> <laughs> now that would have been a good, uh, a, a good uh, game magazine rumor. The, the perfect penis. The perfect penis. <laughs> right? Like, that's that's the, the heading. Yeah, that's the headline. Yeah. <clears throat> Sonic and the perfect penis. <laughs> and a, picture, a picture of Sonic below it. <laughs> the perfect penis. Now, Sonic's perfect penis has been the uh, focus of several a Google search. M many a deviant art. Yes. Uh, emphasis on deviant. I think mm. I've said this before, but man, what a great prediction and naming that website 
<laughs> yeah, we definitely talked about this before, but yes, it, it does bear repeating. It's like they knew. They knew that everything was just their entire website, their empire would be founded on poorly drawn images of somebody stuck to giant Sonic's foot. <laughs> Sonic and Shadow having sex, or like Houndoom with a penis. Right, or somebody uh, tied up in deli cheese. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Basically the kind of things that um, Bamo from the DK Vines forum would like. Yeah, uh, local celebrity Bamo. Do you, do you know what a Bahamut is? A Bahamut? Yeah. What, like the dragon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, then no need to go into it further. <laughs> Case closed. Case closed. Um, I've, been, I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy, so... I know you have. not going to trip me up. What's Do you know what a Tiamat is? Oh, yeah, he's, he's a user on the Sonic the Hedgehog IGN board. He's a fucking furry is what he is. He's a fucking furry. Now, my and, knowledge uh, is that uh-huh. Tiamat is like a, a five-headed dragon god. Yeah, uh, it, it does bear mentioning that um, it's a female five-headed okay. dragon god. I see. The, was it a mother of, of all dragons? Some dragons? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Mm. Now, who would win in a fight between Tiamat and Bahamut? Bahamut. I'm pretty sure Bahamut Now, is what about more... the prophet Muhammad? <laughs> Well, he loses by virtue of not being able to show up. I see. You ever see that South Park episode? Where they yeah. depicted Bahamut? Yeah. Bahamut, <laughs> yeah. He's Bahamut. He's got fucking brain worms. I didn't even mean to say that. Muhammad. Maybe this is not so coincidental that these uh, names have a passing semblance to one another. Maybe. You ever see that Family Guy episode where... There's there's a knock on the door and Peter opens it and it's it's Tiamat. And he says, "Holy crap, Lois! Lois, it's Tiamat." Right, right. Not the dragon, mind you. Right, the, the furry, man. furry. Yeah, the furry man. Did you know uh, who plays Death in Family Guy? Uh, it's not Norm, is it? It is Norm, which is ironic it is, because right? he would later go on to die. <laughs> to die. <laughs> I'm sure he'd appreciate that. I'm very excited for his special tomorrow. Oh, is that coming tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow for me. It's coming on the 30th. Okay. Cool. We are in the same studio right now. Yes. We, we, oper- we operate on different time well, zones. Just, the, it's the, kind of quirky. The studio sits on the, uh, the border of two right. time zones that are somehow right. 12 hours apart. And um, every, every, uh, every night we pack up and... Go leave for our independent homes across the border. Right. Um, we're reimagining our courtship phase where we did not live together. Just to right. introduce right. a spark. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. You know, I bring, I bring you flowers, you take me on dates to go eat mapo tofu. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I bring you dates. Sometimes you, to, you do. Eat. Yeah. Sometimes they're wrapped in bacon, sometimes they're not. That's, you know, that's part of the excitement. A bacon-wrapped date? It sounds like an American reality TV <laughs> dating show. <laughs> I um I have this real problem with pro jeez. I have this real problem with um uh, pronouncing off the top of my head like without thinking uh-huh. um b- bacon wrapped dates because I I often say bacon raped dads. A common uh problem to be sure. Yeah. 
No, I, I've it's happened to me multiple times. How often and do I you think say I'm just stuck with it? Bacon wrap dates. Not enough, I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I rec- trained my mouth to move that way. I recommend sitting in front of a mirror and uh, practicing. Okay. You, you know, yeah. you know those vocal exercises actors will do. This is one Bacon of them. Bacon wrap dates. Bacon wrap dates. Which is also something you can chant when going to buy bacon wrap dates. Yeah. As you, you walk into the store, kind of pumping your fists, bacon wrap dates, bacon wrap dates. And uh, everyone will know what make, you're there for. Make your way to the dates, and then, and then you circle around with the bacon. Yeah. Now, Scream in the, in the, uh, the clerk's face. <laughs> bacon wrap dates! <laughs> oh, Lord. One time I uh, asked for bacon wrap dates, and they handed me a calendar. Okay. That's the whole story. You want to do the question of the week? Yeah, I guess. Alright, so this week's question of the week comes from a man named Bish Hop, who says, Hello, admirals. I know they often play chess in Star Trek, sometimes in several dimensions. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, there's an exclamation point. Sometimes in several dimensions. Um, mm. What are your chess ratings? Thanks for being readier, Bish. And uh, I chose this question because on um, the episode we get into later, chess is a key part of the plot. It, it is, yeah. Yeah. So I'm a humble, humble 75 rating, which I believe is the average, the national average. No. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe it's a little above average, but, you know. Um, I think that I, I waver. It's usually between 75 you to 90. You can't tell me that 50 is not the average. It's right in the middle. That's true. Yeah, it, you're right. I'm well above average with my 75 rating. Um, All right. Well, you, you got lucky, okay? Well, you know, it luck comes down to luck. It, you always regress to your mean, is what they say, and I my mm-hmm. mean is well above the national international average of 50 rating in chess. You, of, you are you are meaner than most people. This is true. This is true. That's um that's what what my ELO says. Mm. Do you know what? ELO stands for? Um, oof. No, I can't say I do. Everyone loves optimal and then in parentheses strategy. <laughs> so, you, meaning that if you employ optimal strategy, your ELO will rise. Your ELO goes up. Yes. It also hmm. stands for electric light orchestra with a. Uh, oh, it does. Uh, it does, doesn't Fucking it? George Harrison's friend, Jeff something. <laughs> What is that man's name? Uh, Jeff Bridges. That's that's not true. Jeff Bridges was in um, movies. This is a band. Jeff, oh. Jeff Lynn. Jeff Lynn. Now, you might know ELO for being a terrible band. I don't know them at all, really. Do you know that song, I mean, Mr. I've heard, I've heard the Mr. Name. Blue Sky? No. May, you know, maybe I do. It's bad, but they 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 wrote it. Is that um, is that related to Mr. Brightside? Um, looking on the bright side, yes. I don't like what what is what are those people called? The um, the killers. Musicians. I don't like the killers. <laughs> you don't like the killers. No, no, I would prefer an actual, uh, you know, murderer. To the killers. <laughs> now, when he says "coming out of my cage," 
Uh-huh. Do you think he's he's exiting his cuck shed? No, I think it's um written from the point of view of a hamster. <laughs> now, I'm ready for... I, I think I, we're going to take a bet on this. Five years is my... How about this? I'll say five and a half years. No, seven and a half years, and you give me the over-under. How long until a slowed-down, half-tempo, dramatic version of Mr. Brightside is used in a trailer for something? Oh, oh that's a very, very uh, interesting thought. And I'm setting the line at seven and a half years. You give me the over-under. When do you think it'll I don't, happen? I, I don't know how to calculate an over-under. Um, it's it's like a half back. Like a bare back? Well, no, more like a broke back. Mmm. So you say if you think it'll be less, it'll happen sooner than seven and a half years, you take the under. If you think it'll happen later, you take the over. And whenever oh, it happens, right, right. Okay. you win or lose. I would say under. That's I, I, I If I had to choose time, I would say five years. So I would yeah. also choose the under. But um, yeah. That's... But I guess I guess I'll just take over then, so that it, we'll make it interesting. You're never taking over this podcast. <clears throat> so I, yeah, I can imagine it too. Hold on, I'm gonna set a an appointment calendar date in my phone here. Seven and a half For years. Seven and a half years. <laughs> yes. One of us is gonna be dead by then. God, I hope so. <laughs> Please let it be me. <laughs> But yeah, get ready for that, where, you know, this is the ever-persistent passage of time, things that we knew from ten years ago are uh, retro. Then again, people do seem to not want to give up on the fucking 1980s. Yeah, that's 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 made uh, quite the comeback, huh? What was it? There was... It's just going to stay that way. It might have been Maneater by Hall and Oates. There was a dramatic half-tempo version of that used in something. And oh, the choices just get increasingly ridiculous. Like, how about... Let's do Girls Just Want to Have Fun. You know, a half-tempo dramatic that, version that, of that. That sounds like some, some trashy, like, horror film. No, you're right. They could uh, use trailer. that seriously. Okay, we need something that is just um, so ridiculous that there's no proper usage of it. What What song... When taken at half eye of the tiger, no, that could still, still that could still do it. It's gotta be ridiculous. What's that one? Um, like let's get physical. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? No, what? Well, it's on the tip of my tongue, but I'm not. I'm not remembering it. That's like the only lyric. Like, let's let's get physical. physical. Well, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that doesn't really count. Well, I'm saying why wait? Why doesn't count? I mean, if it's that repetitive, it's. All right. Kind of like by by nature, it's like let's 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 give this a real a real effort, huh? All right, I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking something so silly. God, is this is impossible to think of? I want to fuck a dog in the no. It's got to be a real song. We could just write fake songs, you know. <laughs> That's a song. Yeah. I swear to God, I, I heard I heard a song with the lyric because I want to fuck a dog in the ass. I think you just had a dream. <laughs> yeah, it's Blink-182. Oh, Blink-182. 
I don't... I, I mean, putting aside their um, ridiculous alien theorizing, I don't think that band makes very good music. Made. I, I've never been terribly impressed by them, though. No, you, you had to be, like, 12 years old in 1999, otherwise that just completely passed you by. Okay, wait, I got it. How about that song? That everyone would accidentally download on Lime LimeWire that people thought was System of a Down. The Zelda song. The Zelda song. <laughs> <laughs> That's we, a good one. You come to town. <laughs> it's it's played at half tempo on like large bells. The unfortunate thing is I can still see that being used in some weird remote situation. It's like they make a Zelda film and that's the uh, that's the trailer music. Right. Right. It's like the grim, dark, serious Zelda Link. Link, Link is like a grizzled he old man. He come to town. <laughs> <laughs> he come to save. There's like <laughs> Arabic chanting in the background. <laughs> Oh lord! Oh, so, what, what's your chess rating? Fifty-four. Fifty-four. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's still above average. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all right. You ever use tactics? I learned what on croissant was the other day. Right, right. Which we should have known, you know, being uh, in the business as we were. But, right, right. Yeah. I mean, be, being as highly scored as we are. It's, it's, it is a little embarrassing to admit. But. Now, I always confuse tactics and tic tacs. Mm. Mm. As one does. Tic tacs, I think, are an old man's mint. You don't really see them anymore. Them and Altoids. Yeah, they're kind of rare. Like, kids, hey. th- kids today are just shooting heroin. No one's taking yeah, a tic tac. No. <laughs> yeah, who does carry tic tacs around? Yeah, I don't know. That's I've like- never had. The, the idea, I haven't had someone offer me a Tic Tac in years. The idea of carrying around a Tic Tac for some reason instantly made me think of Seinfeld. Like, there's there's a scene where, you know, someone offers George a Tic Tac and everything goes awry because of some social faux pas. It's like... Yeah, like... It's I, like, I, uh, it's like he, he takes too many or something. No, it's... The guy, he holds the Tic Tac um, box like up to his mouth and just like tips it in and his like lips are touching it yeah, and, he, and then he offers one to george and um george <laughs> george's like or maybe jerry because he's the neat freak he's like oh no i'm good and the guy gets offended that he won't take the tic tac and it becomes the whole thing <laughs> that's great <laughs> it's like a like a banya moment or something yeah <laughs> i guess it's kind of retreading the the double dip scene a little bit i suppose yeah yeah uh, i I can tell there's nothing wrong with double dipping who gives a shit yeah i mean we're we're all part of some primordial soup at one point that's true and we will be again might as well regress to the soup what is what the kids call the tang right like what those orangutans drank in space (laughs) why (laughs) (laughs) come on I was I was gonna go to my deathbed not having remembered anything about that commercial. <laughs> <laughs> no Does one Tang is... still exists. 
Uh, that's that's a good thing to Google live on the podcast. Um, tang. God. Oh wait, drink mix. Um, it appears to still be in in uh mm. in use. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Good for Tang. <laughs> good for my Tang stock that I own. <laughs> I mean, as a Tang shareholder, I can't, uh, you know, be too non-biased here, but what's good for Tang I, I, I am is good tickled. for Mitch. I'm tickled by the, the idea that you've been attending Tang shareholder <laughs> meetings for, like, decades, and you, you still didn't know if it was around or not. <laughs> well, you know, we just keep up appearances. We all go in... <laughs> Catch up with each other, leave. Well, that's just how it's always been done. The uh, the orangutan died fifteen years ago. <laughs> that that is that is a good abs- absurdist content where like the these the, these people keep gathering for a shareholder meeting for a company that doesn't exist because it's just so routine for them. <laughs> that is pretty good. <laughs> I don't know how to develop that. Like, if I were to write that, so you have yeah, the, yeah, you have yeah. the setting, like something. You know what happens there? Um, I don't know. We'll we'll stick this either. one in the we'll, oven. We'll to, yeah, we'll have to brainstorm this. Yeah, incubate it. Yeah. Well, once let, again, let it hatch. Let it hatch. <laughs> I almost just said Greg Hatch, but that is not anything that you would understand. And it's no. not even funny to begin with. So I'm going to move on. Um, so I want to give a thanks to, to Bish Hop once again for asking this week's question of the week. If you're like Bish and uh, you want to have your question of the week answered on our question of the week segment, you can email your question of the week to the readyroom at gmail.com. That's with a capital T and two capital R's. Or you can tweet at us at the readier room and uh, we'll answer your question live, pre recorded on our show. All right, let's uh, let's cut here for a minute. All right, we're we're get, we're in the business now of taking breaks in our podcast. <laughs> it's become a recurring segment of the show where we take a break. You can you can just you can leave all the dead air in too if you want. Oh, it's nothing but dead air when we're together. <laughs> we'll be like back. Hot air. Hey, all right, and we're back. After a couple hours of break, yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was some good Chinese food. I feel like a new man, fit yeah. and lean. Yeah, that that is usually how I describe myself after eating takeout. Yeah, yeah. Now you were just, just one... to kind of help with the, uh, uh-huh. you know, staying positive. The pipes. Now you the pipes. The, the pipes. You weren't the one who took it out. I mean, someone had to go take it out. And Someone did take it out. Right. Thereby making We it brought it, it in. This is true. Well, we. Mm. Someone they should. They in. should call it Chinese bring-in. They should um, call it MSG. Because it comes from Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that where they make it? Yeah, and uh, it's all shipped out from there, frozen, so it survives the, the commute. <laughs> um, and it's that's why it all tastes the same. It's all made in the same spot. You know that's that's where back in the back in the late nineties, um, Godzilla had all its little babies there too. I remember that that was on the news. 
Yeah. Yeah. Real, real, real tragedy. See, I always refer to him as just Zilla. Hmm. Well, some, some, some are in favor of that. Yes. Yes. It's kind. Of, it's a whole issue. I, I don't think really he had that much, that many problems with holes, but the issue with me was more of the depiction rather than the hole. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I guess. I guess we're talking hole problems then. Well, let's not air our dirty laundry. <laughs> Which uh, is dirty uh, <clears throat> explicitly because of a whole problem. Is it is it dirtier than this episode of Star Trek The Next Generation? Nothing has made me feel dirtier than watching this episode of Star Trek, except for making it. <laughs> uh, what did you think of Minaj Ja Troy? I loved it. I did not love it. Uh, I fucking hated it. <laughs> um, the tone of the episode you know, being kind of sillier, completely whiffed for me. Yeah, uh, just didn't didn't find it amusing at all. Um, didn't I? First of all, I just hate several of the characters it focuses on. Um, <laughs> and, and maybe all of them. Yeah, maybe all of them. Maybe I just hate every character in TNG. But <laughs> the. The conflict was kind of um, side sidelined in favor of the funny antics, which yeah 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 it was just goofy right, which weren't funny, which really left the episode feeling completely unsubstantial. Mm -hmm. Um, the all there's only one bit I enjoyed in the entire episode, and it's it's close to the end. Mm -hmm. Uh, the the Picard. Scene. Yeah, that that's that's classic. Yeah. Um, everything else was just trying, if I had to describe it. It was trying my patience. It was mm. difficult to sit through. And um, I'm happy in some respects that I'd already seen it because I knew I could just tune out and not really <laughs> <Yeah>. miss anything. <laughs> right. Um, funny thing, just as an aside... You know, even at the time, around set, this episode was known as the worst thing ever, end quote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That so was the working title. We knew what we were doing. Yeah, yeah, we certainly did. But, you know, what, what are you going to do when, when Majel shows up talking about wanting to be in an episode, you know? Yeah. Jeans we... hovering over your shoulder the entire time. Voicing the fucking computer just isn't enough. No, I guess not. Um... One thing I, I, I do want to um, get out of the way real quick is um, the, 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 the end title of this episode, the, 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 uh, the title with which this episode actually aired, um, because I don't think the fan base understands the pun. Well, we're, we're not a cultured bunch, the Star Trek fandom. No, no. And it's, it, it's, it's. It's never something the Trek fan base... It's never a situation they will ever find themselves in. <laughs> Certainly not. <laughs> so I just want to want to go ahead and make sure that, that we're on the same page here. Um, the, the episode is called Menage à Troy, okay? Mm -hmm. Which is which is a, a, a pun on Menage à Trois, uh, which is a domestic arrangement and committed relationship with three people in a polyamorous, romantic, and or sexual relations with each other. And often dwelling together, typically a traditional marriage between a man and woman, along with another individual. 
The phrase is loaned from French, meaning household of three. Some contemporary arrangements are sometimes identified as a thruple, a thruple, or a triad. Really couldn't get this out relationship without today laughing. Has, has elements of bisexuality involved, but usually at least one of the par participants is heterosexual. Can, can we just imagine Data explaining this? <laughs> because the term is sometimes interchangeably used for a threesome. Thank you, Data. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Riker, Riker walks up to the car, starting to become a real menage a Troy. <laughs> When Wesley turns around. Yes, Wesley. That's it. That's it. <laughs> uh, and, and then how, you know, for extra, um, I don't know, relevance, Dr. Crusher is the one who cuts off Data for uh, <laughs> sullying her son's mind. <laughs> um, see also bigamy, committed relationship, gangbang, group hey, sex. we do not tolerate bigamy on, on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, that's. That's not okay. Bigots. In fact, if, if if you're a bigum, you shouldn't be listening to this at all. Right. We are we tolerate everyone, you know, bigums, smallums, all mm. of them. Troyalism. What? No. Go on. No. Okay, look at this word. Troyalism. T R O I. L-I-S-M. Troyalism. Observing one's partner engaged in sexual activities with another person. This is just cuckoldry. Shakespeare it practiced is. not hundreds of years ago. <laughs> but we should have used that in the title for this episode. Yes. If only we, we collectively, TNG crew, were more cultured the we. in, the, um, in the realm of cuckoldry. If, if only. <laughs> now, coincidentally, in the realm of cuckoldry is the name of several TNG fan fictions. <laughs> Maybe even one pocket Trek novel. Who knows? <laughs> All um. involving Q. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Picard. Can't you see? We're in the realm of cuckoldry. <laughs> he, he rhymes in this one for no reason. <laughs> Got a little mustache like a beret. <laughs> God damn it. A green beret. Uh, but yeah, this episode is, is it is trying. It's a very difficult episode to, to sit through. Um there are points though where it's it's almost so bad that it's good, I think. So that that, that got me through it. Such as I don't know, the uh the ear rubbing, what's that called? Oh, so this is our first... Snoo Snoo. It's our first introduction to Umox, which Umox, yeah. is something that becomes a fixture of Deep Space Nine with its uh, Ferengi cast mm. members. That and, and the, uh... the notion that women aren't allowed to wear clothing is also a fixture of Ferengi culture that oh, God. resurfaces many a time in Deep Space Nine. So a core plot point was that Quark's mother was a bit of a renegade in that she refused to not wear clothes. Oh my god. And she would be wearing clothes and another Ferengi would walk in and kind of like shield their eyes as, as if she was naked in human culture. Like, oh my god, that's a woman wearing clothing. A female! And <laughs> <laughs> that happened a lot. <laughs> that is, uh, 
How convenient. I wonder who came up with that one. Who knows? Who knows? But all I can say is collectively the Ferengi scenes across all Star Trek media are the most disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I could see that. Have you practiced the ways of Umox? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I do enjoy a good Umox here and there. Umoxie? Anyway. I mean. <laughs> what happened in this episode? Anything? Uh, do we have to? So, um, oh, there is something really dumb. I mean, there's a lot of really dumb, but there's like a particularly dumb thing later on in this episode, but it starts at the beginning where there's mm-hmm. like a diplomat conference and Troy's mom is there and everyone's already like, oh, oh my God, Troy's fucking mom. Um, hmm. But there's this stupid ceremonial chime playing. Yes. Which is just, A, it's super fucking annoying. And B, it becomes the the flimsiest plot point. Yeah, it's I, like the crux of the whole yeah. resolution. It's like, oh, I need to send a message out. Let me quote the tempo, the rhythm of this chime. Of, of, of this song that no one wanted to listen to. Right. And I'm going to quote the rhythm of it, bereft of the uh, of the pitch, and still people must recognize it for this yeah, completely Yeah, well, people, Wesley. Yeah. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. And Yeah, it is It is dumb. You know, when you hear it at the beginning, you're like, okay, there, this is really persistent. Um, why? And the payoff, there is a payoff, but it's just unsatisfying. <clears throat> Fucking yeah, stupid. Yeah. And all right, now, so at this conference, there's Frangi, and they're like, oh, Troy's mom, I want to become a business partner and fuck Troy's mom. <laughs> right, right. Which which is a, kind of a funny premise, I think. It's, it's a little silly. Sure. Um, I think that would be fine if the pieces were different. If, if Troy's mom, Majel, was not completely insufferable. <laughs> maybe I, I think it's kind of funny because she is insufferable and um it, it, it's it's how do i want to say this it's kind of like her getting her comeuppance to have a ferengi want to fuck her i guess i guess all women go through that where at one point they're propositioned by the lowest of the low and they have the realization like this is the best i can do now that's what they call hitting the wall Working title of this episode. <laughs> Luxwana Troy hitting the hits wall the wall. <laughs> We're hitting the wall at warp nine. <laughs> um, yeah. Meanwhile, Riker is playing chess with um, Nibor, I think it is. Oh, uh, which one was this? Is this the leader? No, no I don't, he wasn't playing with Tog. He was playing with uh, with Nibor. Okay. Sure. Well, yeah, he's playing chess with him and. This is also something that becomes a fixture of the episode. Yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, and and uh, you know he, he beats the Ferengi and um, the the Nibor. He he uh, his excuse is that the music was too loud. Um, Which um, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fun fact: uh, Frakes actually invented the phrase "check and mate" here. Right, because most and people I would say Rob, "checkmate." 
But yeah, Rob, Rob was trying to tell him that no one actually says that, but it was ultimately to no avail. He just, he just kept saying it every take, and we kind of threw our hands up in the air, gave up. Not, um, not unlike his um, improper poker playing. Right. Frakes is just oh my God. fucking terrible at, at acting games out. Right. <laughs> Going back to that um, martial art that he did with his uh, with with um, Riker's father in that one episode, with the uh, the dirty pair references, right, and all, all around all the the, floor. the wonderful Japanese. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Now that was a bad episode. They're all bad episodes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why it's so fun. Um, <laughs> so he kept saying "check and mate." Another version of the script had the word "blunder" in there. Frakes loved that word. He used it every opportunity that he had. Mm, yeah, yeah. You remember when we were making smoothies on set? The the was it the mango passion fruit ones, and uh, we had the blender, and Frakes saw that and couldn't rationalize the word yeah. blender with the word blunder. Right. He was like blunder. It broke his brain for like a solid day until we got rid of the blender. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think he'd ever seen a blender up to that point. Right. I mean. They they hadn't invented Blender yet, nor computers capable of uh, you know rendering models like that. So I can't mm, blame mm. him for not having seen Blender. It, it was kind of new technology. Exactly, exactly. But uh, we had to yeah, co- you know you needed you needed a warehouse full of computers to to get that working. Right, you needed a men's warehouse. Now I mm-hmm. we had to cut that line from the script just for Frank's sanity, and then we could get the Blender back, and it was fine. But right, um, man, the the chest just did a number on the man. On Jonathan Frakes. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. He thought he, he thought he was a queen, but he was more of a pawn. <laughs> and and that's that's the issue too. Um, it, Frakes always did like to present himself as something of an intellectual, right? And uh, having to come to terms with um, not being able to play forty chess correctly, it broke him for a while. Yeah, yeah. Now, what do you think the fourth D is? It's just time. It's time to move on to the next scene. So the Ferengi leave the ship and Riker and Troy go on an explicitly romantic date. Yeah, which is odd. That is odd. The only thing that precipitates this is Luxwana saying that Troy needs to find a man. And Troy, presumably, completely acquiesces to this and asks Riker on a date. (laughs) uh yes yes Uh, a very odd sequence of events i do want to point out that um this was the same onset location as our infamously terrible um worst episode of the radio room justice (laughs) 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 which um i believe has relatively high ratings in our uh catalog it does for some reason which explains why all the other episodes have pretty low ratings. <laughs> I guess people just really love hearing hearing us trip over ourselves trying to trying to get our bits out. Well, these cast members, the, the extras, they came they came from uh. <laughs> Now, do you do you ever have this um struggle where you want to purge uh, previous work from your catalog, but you're because it's bad and but you want the completeness of it all still being there and available? And it's um, this tug of war. Well, if if I'm going to relate to this in any way, I would say that I do have the urge to purge, 
after eating McDonald's. Yeah. Hell yeah. They have this new thing. It's like um, creamy potato inside of a fried little pocket. And uh, <laughs> there's some kind of meat in there. I think it's bacon and potato. Okay. And um, it's pretty good. But it also leaves you feeling like a stuffed pig. Because you're just eating nothing but dense. Lump and delicious. Yeah. <laughs> well, if I ever had to choose two words to describe myself. <laughs> so so after you eat those, do you, do you grab an apple and stick it in your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> I um, Actually, my natural gag reflex gets triggered and I just end up vomiting everywhere. <laughs> Which is great, because then I can eat it up again in, you know, secondsies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh okay so anyway they run into troy's mom um on on the set of justice right and I, I don't remember if this was coincidental or the machinations of of luxwana yeah i don't really care either no but, but... the ferengi teleports down mm -hmm. and he's like oh luxwana i must have you but i'm also gonna kidnap troy and Riker. Waha. I don't really care. Yeah, like that. What is <clears throat> what is the sacred chalice of reeks? All right, that is something that the 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 fifth daughter of Betazoid holds. Beta Z. Mm. Beta Z. Yeah, and I love. I actually do find this endearing, how this is a title that Luxwana clings to, and at every moment, every possible opportunity, Troy's like, that chalice doesn't fucking mean anything. It, it's got mold <laughs> growing in it. What the hell are you talking about? Um, what the hell is it supposed to do? What does it do? Um, I don't know. Regulate? <laughs> do you think it reeks? <laughs> I know something that reeked on set. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think they, yeah, Gene they... was the holder of the... The, the, the chalice of <laughs> the chalice of reeks. Yeah. <laughs> oh lord, have you ever um been in a? <laughs> Good lord, how do I even go into this? Um, have you ever been in a position where you commit a certain act, and then it's your your facial hair that reeks? Because let me tell you how gross that is. Uh. <clears throat> No, actually. Well, lucky you, because let's say that, you know, things are less less than ideal conditions. And you dive in, and you're like, all right, I did, I put my time in, I'm done. You pull out, pull back, rather. And uh, then you're like, oh my god, oh my god, it still, mm. it still smells. And you gotta, like, you know, take a fucking bleach to your facial hair. I mean, there, there, there are times, like, you know, if I'm hanging out overnight, where, like, that'll happen to, like, my hand, or I'll get, like, a, like, a, you take, a certain kind of taste stuck in my mouth. You take your hand out, and it's like a, like a, like a dried pickle. Like, it's, it's yeah, fermented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> brined. You 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 go to take off your underwear the next day, and you're just covered in like this weird like dried substance <laughs> that that just smells just bizarre. 
a cartoon yeah. stench trail follows you wherever you go. <laughs> <clears throat> now, if it if it smells, because there are times it can smell. I don't know if I would say good. I would never say anything close to that. I, so, sometimes it smells fascinating, I would say. And you, you sound like somebody appraising a caviar, you know? It's like, <laughs> it, it's just fucking fish eggs. It smells terrible, but you're like, mmm, fascinating, quite pungent. It's, it, it's, <laughs> it's an acquired smell. And so, you know, some, sometimes I'll... Uh, it's the smell <clears throat> of culture. Sometimes I'll, I'll have a night, and um, hey, we're done I'll make with my the way. Talk. I'll make my way. To, <laughs> I'll make my way into the office the next day without showering, oh, Lord. and um, and you know I'll, I'll go to the bathroom to you know use, use the urinal, use the urinal, and and the <laughs> the stench kind of wafts up. <laughs> Into my nose, and I'm like, "Yeah, I do reminisce." I'm like, "Oh, it was nice. It was a nice time." Let me tell you the. This is gonna. <laughs> this is bizarre to say, but the um, the physical interactions of smell fascinate me. And what do I mean by this? So, how well your like clothing can conceal a smell. So, for example, in your situation, you go and you undo the zipper, you pull down whatever, mm -hmm. and then immediately the smell starts to to waft up and it's like i think of smells as being agnostic of of fabric right you kind of fart yeah, sure. and that smell comes out but other smells are really really trapped in there and how, that's actually a good point yeah how these things do or don't interact with uh physical matter is is interesting to me hmm yeah i know i guess i guess uh uh, juice smell particles are are denser than fart smell particles, you know. Thicker than water. Thicker than water. Yeah, no, I to. <clears throat> uh, I'll, I'll at the urinal. I'll often use the smell to mog other men who um, who come in to take take a piss. See, I uh, always he'll, he'll, lean he'll over, take a sniff, and and be like, that man has sex. I always lean over for a whiff of what they're what they're selling. <laughs> The you know sometimes I'll hop in between two guys get the royal sampler. <laughs> oh, uh, oh my god, this episode is so bad. <clears throat> this episode is so bad. This is what we're talking about. Uh, Menage a Troy. Mm. So let me ask you, how do you feel about the Ferengi business suit? Like with that, the, the Ferengi business suit, that like uh, olive number with the the ring on the front. I wasn't paying attention. You make it impossible to do this show. <clears throat> that I wasn't looking. Whatever. How do you feel about that stupid curtain they hang behind their head? Oh, that's kind of dumb. Yeah, one of the key things that DS Nine did was that it had the recurring core Ferengi character not wear one of those. And I, hmm. it's a subtle thing that I solely attribute as the the reason for that character's success. No silly head thing. No silly head thing. He had a silly head, but no silly head thing. No silly head thing, yeah. Yeah. Arnie Sherman? Army Hammer? <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're, they're stuck in 
in Ferengi prison now. Yeah, Ferengi jail. The Ferengi brig, um, which coincidentally is right right where the chess table is. Yes. Uh, before this, let me let me raise a point. Um, Troy and Luxwana are beamed out of the brig onto the bridge, sans their clothing. Yes. Because Frankie culture dictates that they should not be wearing clothing. Now, why were they beamed aboard with their clothing at all? Mm. Is my question. It's a good point. <clears throat> As we all know, females sh shouldn't be wearing clothing. You let your females wear clothing? <laughs> we're, we're sitting here like, that's a good point. And then, you know, we both throw our hands up in the air and just, we don't care. We don't Who care. cares? Who cares? Interestingly, though, this this was going to be um, the intro to the scene that Gene had in his, his rewrite. His, could we call it the Gene rewrite, of course, uh, of this episode? Gene right. Where they, they, they were, they were beamed, um, they were beamed out of the brig naked. And what was going to happen is, is they were going to, um, it was just this bizarre, very graphic scene. They were going to go back to Tog's room, right? And, um, I guess I should, I should just read some of this, right? I still, I actually kept they, this one. They deserve to know. Yeah. Hold on. Um, all right. <clears throat> here's, here's what the script said for this, this scene. Um, Troy moans breathily as Daemon... I guess I guess we didn't name Tog yet. As Daemon penetrates her tight pink lips with his tongue, vigorously teasing her wet, wanting hole. Ugh. In corner. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just so ridiculous. In corner, <clears throat> Mrs. Troy. <laughs> Lustfully flicks her engorged love <laughs> Eyes half closed. Oh, God, Enter Riker. <laughs> Close up to half a face. A single tear falls down his cheek. Oh, now, I'm the sorry. cast and crew would uh, eventually breathe a collective Ugh. sigh when we realized we, we actually would not have to see um, Majel naked. But uh, this this is what we had planned. <coughs> I, I honestly almost vomited. <laughs> Who writes this stuff? Her engorged love bud. <coughs> All right. I did vomit. You good? I ha I am not joking. I have vomit in my hand right now. <laughs> do, you need, do you need to go clean that up? No, we can handle this live, but I need everybody <laughs> to know. We have a lot of fun on this podcast. This is not a joke. <laughs> good lord. <laughs> it smells like my coffee. Oh, there's some on the floor, too. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Yeah, thanks for that. Oh, Lord. Oh, back, oh. Back, to, back to my coffee, I guess. 
Um, was it worth it? <laughs> oh, 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 I wish I could have gotten through that without without losing it. Oh. It's just so intrinsically ridiculous. <laughs> um, all right, Sacred Chalice of Reeks. Wesley needs to do some kind of oral exam. Yeah, um, the less said about that, the better. <laughs> I wonder if it's the same kind of oral exam Tog was doing. I think it's the same one that, that um, Will had to do to get on the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there's a little Wesley arc here where he's he has to rendezvous with, with some ship that can't <laughs> wait for him and... He he's the only one who can save the day, so he gets stuck on the Enterprise. Can I just roll my eyes? The ship's yeah, you called, can. The ship's called the Bradbury. No, oh, forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, just uh, okay. Whatever. You can name a ship whatever you want. I guess. I'm not. I'm not really sure why they couldn't have waited like another just five minutes. Yeah. Those... So, oh yeah. Like, 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 Picard can't be like, uh, sorry, my first officer's been kidnapped. <laughs> we're gonna have to delay this a little bit. No, our mission is so important. We have to get back to shuttle these cadets to the academy. We can't wait. I liked... <laughs> I liked, um... I initially liked Wesley's departure. Um, having forgotten that he sticks around... I don't know how I forgot that he does stick around, <laughs> but... That, that, scene, that scene where he leaves the bridge and no one's paying attention to him. Yeah. It's just that's that yeah that's how life works yeah and uh, I mean it's it's rather explicit Picard literally says um <laughs> no long goodbyes good luck mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is a reference to the long goodbye right or maybe it was the big goodbye is that with Lawrence Tierney yeah 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 it was the big goodbye right never mind it wasn't a reference the big goodbye ski the big I guess this is it, Dick. The big goodbye ski. Uh, now I'm remembering Lawrence Tierney and just uh, the the hurricane of of wonder that was. <laughs> and what about Lawrence Tierney's engorged love bud? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh God! All right. Uh, they say human. Again, yeah, they I, do. I like that. The, human and female are both core <laughs> tenets of Ferengi culture. Oh, I'm glad that they would keep su- doing that. Survive to Deep Space Nine. Human. It's funny because Quark, you know, generally speaks like a normal guy, mm. and in in the middle of a sentence, he'll just throw out a human. My God. It's it's very um, some might say illogical, illogical. 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 Uh, for you know, language to work like that, but yeah, whatever. It's dumb. Frankie are dumb. Whole whole thing's dumb. Star Trek is dumb. Star Trek's fucking dumb. TV is dumb. Science fiction is dumb. Existence. This is podcast dumb. is dumb. <laughs> and I God, we just have nowhere to go with this. With the episode. Yeah. We can go back to erotic fanfiction. <laughs> I still have some some left in the tank to vomit up. <laughs> uh, all right, what else happened? What else happened? Um, 
So this, it's worth pointing out the uh, the other Frankie, the Doctor. Doctor, yes, that's right. First appearance of Ethan Phillips, who would go on to play Neelix on Voyager. Um, mm-hmm. This episode being his first imper- appearance in Trek, thereby ensures that this episode would be a terrible stain on the franchise, which mm-hmm. it really didn't need any help, but this just puts it over the edge. <laughs> Cherry on the top. Yes. Although I will say that his performance was not bad. Yeah, sure. Uh, his, his character, though, I, I find it odd that he uh, he never he never went back to the brig and noticed that uh, that Tr- Troy and Riker had broken out, but he he also seems to be the only other Ferengi on the ship. <laughs> There's three Ferengi, and uh, they're all one of them gets knocked out, right, or something. I don't even remember what happened. So yeah, me neither. Riker's like, "Oh, let me out of the uh, yeah." He plays the, chess. With the him. brig to play chess with you, and the Ferengi's like, "I'm too smart for this human. I know that you're trying to trick me." But please come out and play chess, or you know whatever. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think Riker just punches him or something. I don't really remember. I had to, that had to have been it. I was looking at my phone. Riker and the Frankie were there playing chess, and I looked up, and Riker was letting Troy out of the brig. So something mm. happened. <laughs> um, which is great. I love anything. <laughs> I love TV. <laughs> yeah, I love televisions. <laughs> Just, just the physical object itself, not, not the, yeah. not what's displayed on the screen. Just staring at the black screen. And in this time, Luxwana is trying to seduce Daemon Tog. 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 Yeah. Tog. So, and it, this I don't was know if so she, if she knew to rub his ears or what, but okay, yeah, what was stupid? <laughs> um, so she's like doing it. She's rubbing his ears. She's doing umox with him, mm. and she's like, "Oh, I need to." tell your replicator how to make something. What is your access code? And he's, like, about to tell it to her, and she'll be able to give this information to the others so that they can escape. But, seemingly, out of nowhere, apropos of nothing, the Neelix guy just runs into the room and says, no, don't give her your access code. For no reason. Like, am I to believe that people just break into the captain's quarters? You know, for no, yeah, all the time, right, right, yeah, that was dumb. And then, like, Luxwana just becomes invertebrate, and she's like, "Oh, I wasn't." Um, uh, uh. <laughs> it's like pulls her shirt collar, <laughs> <laughs> starts sweating large droplets profusely. <laughs> this is terrible. Can I tell you a quick story? Mm-hmm. More interesting than this episode. Yesterday, I just to have something to do, I left and went outside and went and changed my cell phone number. And then I walked back home. <laughs> just to have something to do. <laughs> That's inspired. <laughs> Cost me about $20. That's like something my, my grandfather would tell me. <laughs> Oh, boy. And I met the nicest lady at the phone store. <laughs> I'll tell you this. My new phone number has um, the letters 666 in it in sequence. Oh, the letters. Did you, did you choose that? The number. I did not choose what? that. Um, uh, the accident. Here's the thing. When I went, they were like, oh, we need you to select the last four digits. And I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. care. I'm just here to get out of the house. And they're like, no, we need you to choose. So I chose whatever. 
like, okay, here are three options using uh, those last four digits. And one of them had 666. And I'm like, oh, mm. give me that one. That mm. That's conspicuous. And, <clears> you know, <throat> them being Japanese, despite me living in Hollywood, they're like, I don't understand why this is <laughs> notable, but okay. And uh, then I walked home. You kind of like soy face at it when you saw it. Yeah. Point at it. Like... Turn to a non-existent camera and point backwards <laughs> at the... <laughs> sometimes sometimes i i genuinely do that in real life yeah <laughs> and no one no one gets it no one gets it but um you should have you should have made it one three three seven ah that would not have been bad as i, I gave like a i think i gave the last four digits of my social um as oh the, god as the four and, oh my god. <laughs> well, for, yeah, I mean, come on. It, it's okay. But as when they were working, I'm like, could I have chosen something funny instead? Instead of like putting mm. zero thought into this and just giving my social security number? <laughs> now, a real avant-garde play would have been to request the entire social security number as my phone number. That would have been quite heady. <laughs> heady. <laughs> yeah, that would have been something. So, um, Troy and Riker escape, and they barge in on the the would-be couple. Would-be. 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 And they negotiate the release of the non-Luxwana captives. Would-be is like the name of a a fat old mustache squirrel from a Disney cartoon. (laughs) Mean old Mr. Would-be doesn't want to see his He's... He's the engineer or something. You got. Well, let's go ask Woodby. You got Rescue Rangers brain rot. <laughs> I might. <laughs> uh. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, they they barge in on Tog, and then, then they negotiate. Oh, they negotiate. Mm-hmm. is like, you only want me, and that guy's like, I never thought about that. I do. Why, why did I kidnap these people? Right, right. And then, then you know, we get the whole, like, the, the others get transported back. Picard has to do his little well, Then we get the greatest is... scene in TNG history. Right. Which does not work with anything that's been established. Like, yes, Picard would know Shakespeare, but him being so easily flustered and such a terrible actor <laughs> excuse me don't track mm. <laughs> they don't track um at all so but it, if, if this whole episode is presumably in service of comedy so this scene is as well and you know whatever but it is funny yeah it's funny yeah i don't really get how they arrived at this plan like why like, this was Luxwana's machinations the whole time. Right. That she would signal to Picard to be a, a jilted, possessive lover, which in turn would get her back from uh, Tog. I thought it was an okay idea. And just the f- fact that it came, it was it was not precipitated by anything. It, it's, yeah, it's, maybe not. It's just obtuse enough of a plan that I feel like it would need some setup. 
I don't know. I mean, I feel I feel like you can count on Picard to improvise and to also uh, kind of um, he 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 always has that obligation towards Troy's mother by virtue of her being the mother of, of one Troy. of his bridge crew. Yeah, and <laughs> Troy's mother, mother of Troy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the plan works, I guess, and um, they get Luxana back, which it's a shame because if she had been killed in this episode I... <laughs> it would have spared us a lot of yes a lot of uh, a lot of grief um and a lot of the ds9 guys grief too jesus christ she appears like six or seven times in deep space nine <laughs> it's awful mad 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 no more importantly wesley has missed his chance to go to the academy once again right because he had to stay behind and tell everyone what Riker's message was right, which it was the the rhythm of the whatever. <laughs> it was the rhythm of who gives a shit. <laughs> uh huh. I mean, I started that sentence caring, and then that petered out quickly. So Peter, Peter. So Wesley, um, because he couldn't make it to the academy, Picard says. You shouldn't wait for the Academy. You're now in Ensign. And Wesley's mm -hmm. on Cloud Nine. Like, he walks into the wall instead of opening the door to leave because he's so stupefied with uh, with with happiness. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, originally, the scene would have Wesley um, being uh, promoted to Admiral for all the things he had done. That was Will's idea. And we were right. on board with it, but someone realized that we didn't have any more Admiral costumes, especially one in Will's size. So mm. we had to improvise a bit and change it to Ensign. But, you know, Much to his chagrin. Admiral Crusher would have been a, a nice arc on the show. Oh, certainly. Certainly. Where Picard would have to report to Wesley for everything. <laughs> it, it, it does appear like that. that was where Trek was going for a while. Wesley, the... the six-time hero of the Enterprise at the age of 12. We had to keep making bigger and bigger onesies, though, so I'm kind of happy that we got him in a Starfleet uniform, finally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I thought that scene was kind of cute. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why it was in this episode, but taken unto itself, I, I like it. Yeah. I mean, possibly... It, the greatest thing about it is how this really fit into kind of our, our broader plan for the character. Hmm. Um, after, after we wrapped on this episode, we, we, you remember we had that, we had that big party. Um, we, we started off at the, at the studio and then kind of, you know, we, we went bar hopping as we did. And, um, yeah, yeah, that was, that was a wild night. <laughs> Young blood. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You remember that? Yeah, he, he took all his clothes off and, and uh, he climbed onto the roof of the bar we were at. And uh, I guess one of the other patrons called the cops and we were we were actually out of Frakes stand in for for a few weeks. Uh, so, you know, that, that kind of had its consequences. But um, we we had who was it? Lavar and Frakes. I think it was Lavar. Definitely Frakes. Um, they, they had Will doing uh, keg stands after his mother um, had left early. His his mother not being Gates, um, which always confused me. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It's it, it's. I was like, she, she's his mother on the show. Why is she not his mother in real life? I didn't get it, but 
whatever. <clears throat> it made all, yeah, those, so, you all know, that kissing they did even more inappropriate. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we, we were getting well drunk and, you know, we had this huge elaborate cake and Gene even showed up. Um, even though he ended up spending most of the time kind of just sitting by himself staring at the wall. Well, you know, at that stage of, uh, you know, the big D. Right, right. The big D. <laughs> um, but I, I say all this, I say all this to, to, to frame, um, the, uh, really the most important aspect of this, which was that this was, this was all just part of our, our kind of collective Machiavellian plan to, uh, eventually boot Will from the show and just completely ruin his career. Which we succeeded. Uh, we did succeed at, and and this was kind of the the apex of that. And we, you know, we were all kind of exchanging knowing glances across the room at each other as as uh, Will got more and more drunk, I, I which think... was um, yeah. <clears throat> the I cannot describe the high that we felt that night. I think more people should get involved in in plotting at some point in their lives, or perhaps scheming. But watching a good plot develop the way you had intended mm -hmm. is a, mm -hmm. a feeling like none other. We we were we were truly dastardly. Yes, yes. Um, um, we all grew matching mustaches to <laughs> signify this. <laughs> we did. Yeah, yeah. The 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 day the day we saw Will off, we we all just had these beautiful mustaches. Uh, I think at that oh, moment yeah, and, he and, knew. And uh, uh, Colin Powell was there that night too, but uh, yeah, you know whatever. That's a different story for a different time. That's it. Hey, for another time. Yeah, but the big CP. The big CP. <laughs> That's what we used to call him. You know, when my uh, when my kid was in elementary school, he, as part of an assignment, he wrote a letter to Colin Powell. Mm. Never responded. Really? Yeah. I guess he must he must just not have known that he was your kid. Nah, it's, he's just a dick. It's the last time I ever buy one of his records. So overall, what'd you think of this episode? Is it over? I think it's over. Okay. Um, this is gonna get. I don't want to give it half a saucer set. That's kind of what I was thinking, to be honest with you. Half a saucer. So, set. I think there would there was like I don't know. It's it's not an episode that I don't know. It's I, a one. I I think I would not describe it as an incompetent episode. The phase, the stage that TNG is at at this point, um, they make episodes of television, you know, and they have <laughs> they they have an act structure to them. Um, everything, the production is fine. It's not. Yeah, it looks nice. It sounds nice. It, right, it, right. it flows. It's not incompetent. It's just bad. Whereas previous episodes of TNG seasons one and two had straight-up incompetent episodes, which yeah. this is not on the same tier as that, which is the only thing stopping me from the half saucer set. So I think one is one is fine. Yeah, one and one it is. And that's um, that's that, Jack. John. Jacob. Jingleheimer. Goldberg. Jingle Jingleheimer does sound like a, a Jewish surname. <laughs> Oi, they, Mister Jingleheimer's gonna gonna kill me for this. You have any trivia for me? 
Mr. Jingleheimer. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, what do I have? What do I have? I have a couple I couldn't really decide between. Uh, is the answer to all of them Colin Powell? No. All right, <clears throat> here's one. Damon Tog security code. Okay. Okay. It's actually a reference, which I kind of soy faced at. Um, and there, there's a pattern here, so you, you, you can guess this. Um, uh, just what, what was, what was the reference to? Am I allowed to look up the code? I'll give it to you. Okay. Oh, you sent it to me. I see. I was mm -hmm. waiting for you to say something. K-E-Yuri-Date-E. Kind of sounds like Jawa speak, actually. Is this Japanese? Maybe. K-E-Yuri-Date-E. I, my my mind is working overtime right now. Um, I I don't think the content of the password is going to help you very very much here. Okay. But you you can guess the reference. Is it dirty? dirty just just pear? it's dirty pair. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I feel intellectually accomplished right now. Um. There was also, I forgot to mention, in, in the most toys, there was also a Dirty Pair reference. They had their names, uh, I think, scrawled across the floor uh, in the escape scene. Ah. Yeah, I, I, I totally forgot to mention that. So, glad I could get that in. Um, how about another one? Okay. All right. <clears throat> at, at the little ceremony we had for... <sighs> Go on. <laughs> at, at the little ceremony we had for for Will after his uh, his promotion on the show, okay, um, which Colin Powell attended, of course. Um, when Gene showed up, I don't know if you remember this, but he actually gave Will kind of uh, he he gave Will a gift that was that was you know symbolic of his promotion, right? Okay. Um, to to Ensign. And um, I'm wondering if, if you remember what that was. I believe it was a sign with the letter N on it. An N sign. <laughs> no, but that would be good. Um, what could it be? A like, a like a child wing pin that pilots give children on airplanes? You're getting closer. Was it an actual like military badge of some sort? Yes! Hell yeah. Yes, he, he gave he gave um, he gave Will his his second lieutenant bars that he got in the Army Air Corps, which is um, <clears throat> equivalent to to the uh, the the ensign. That is an oddly touching Frank. moment, right? Where you can imagine like you know old Gene, young Will, and he's like, "Oh, you you see this? When I was in the the Air Corps, I did this to earn this, and you know you've impressed us lately. I want to give this to you know whatever." And it's right. Um, yeah, for uh, for all the tales of of debauchery <laughs> and villainy that we that we spin here, it's uh, it's nice to have a some might say wholesome moment. Right, right, and 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 even better is is Will's like taking taking the badge and like crying, 
And then and then Gene just forgets about it and dies. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even know what he's doing. Uh, thinks Will is his actual grandson. Like I <laughs> I plan to give this to my grandson my whole life. He, he, Here you he are, thinks, Johnny. He thinks, Will, he thinks Will is an actual ensign. <laughs> he thinks he's an actual admiral. <laughs> I mean, uh, 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 what's his name? Gene. That's, no, 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 no. Kirk. Kirk. Uh, Shatner? Yeah, Shatner. That's what Shatner thought of himself. <laughs> Is Shatner dead yet? Not yet. Surprisingly, he's still kicking. Soon. God, I can't wait for people to... I won't say pretend to care, but I will say that they will somehow care about Shatner's death. <laughs> like, Shatner dies and everybody takes to Twitter like, oh... My life, the beacon of light right, right, in my right. life has been extinguished. Uh, meanwhile, while he's alive, everyone's just like, yeah, he's a fucking asshole. Well, I mean, he is, but certainly <laughs> um, people will pretend to give a shit. It's like, oh man, this guy who has denigrated my entire existence for the past four decades, he's gone now. Yeah. I, I, right. so, I need to take a day. I'm so lost. <laughs> hey, if you need Mental to health day. If you need to take a day, that's fine. It's you practice self care. <laughs> Drink water. <laughs> it's okay to just stay in bed for five days straight morning. <laughs> now I don't know how don't a morning understand. would last for five days just by definition. But five um, days morning. Yeah. It's been a five day morning. What what is that? That's the, the Beatles song, Five Day Morning. Oh, I see. I see. Uh, hard Day's Night. I get it. Now, it's you You really threw me for a loop there, because once you said Beatles, like, what, eight days a week? Five days? No, that's not right. But uh, when you said it's been, <laughs> like... They did a lot of, they yeah. did a lot of, of, of day-centered songs, week-centered songs, where they yeah, just counted. Let's make a let's make a list. Um, they did uh, Yesterday. They did Eight Days a Week. They did a Hard Day's Night. Um... They did a day in the life. Mm-hmm. Um, you could count "Good Morning, Good Morning" because that's part of the day. <laughs> oh my god! Um, what else do we got here? Um, <laughs> I feel like mm, they don't have a song called Tuesday. What am I thinking of? Ah, uh, whatever. But they did a lot of days-centered lyrics. I yeah, I'm already impressed by the Beatles. Some say that they were a good band. <laughs> I know you. I'd like to meet those people. I know you fucking hate the Beatles. Can't stand the Beatles. I don't like the insect, but I do like the musical group. <laughs> do you know the pun? See, in I'm the game? opposite. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 like a bug, but it's like a beat. That's right, right, like the fruit. Mm-hmm. Mm. Or beats, I like vegetables? Uh, I like watching beetle fights, Japanese beetle fights. I saw a, a gif of a beetle being attacked by like a wind up robot toy beetle, <laughs> and the, the thing was just like walking into the real beetle, and the beetle like grasped it and just completely body slammed the fucking thing. That's great. Yeah, I mean I can respect beetles because they're so slow, right? 
it's it's the mm. it's the speed of insects that really offsets me and puts me uh on on tilt because yeah 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 it's gross they could just get you but beetles being slow are a lot more palatable yeah they're kind of cute right but i still would never touch one you um i'm sure you know this but you know you can go down to the pet store and just buy a giant beetle grub yeah that's what i want to do i'd rather go change my phone number again <laughs> hey maybe, maybe you'd feel better having uh something to take care of like a giant disgusting worm <laughs> i i <laughs> i have you don't i <laughs> very nice thank you <laughs> couldn't get it out uh so smoothly but, but we got there in the end uh well i guess uh i guess that's it huh that's gonna do it for this episode of the readier room quick shout out to our sponsors um including denny's home of the grand slam and moons over my hammy uh, and also the pet boys home of the 15 minute oil change uh now the uh ready room is now accepting a sponsorship by au um where you can apparently go get your phone number changed in less than 15 minutes and if you say the wow. word readier when you're there they will give you a special phone number that has one extra digit so be sure to do that and be sure to tune in next week where we tackle yet another episode of star trek the next generation perhaps even one that is good until then, everybody, please stay ready. The Troublesome Little Man Child. I stand before you defrocked, condemned to be a member of this lowest of species. Thank you, Ensign. Engage. inside the bottle bottle.